Welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. I'd like to invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Let's pray right now. Father God, we are grateful for the gift of eternal life that you have bestowed upon us, Lord, through the finished work of Christ on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that uh, to know God is eternal, is eternal life. And so we do open our hearts wide to hear from you. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> we are continuing our series on who God is as an awesome God, and I trust that uh, you have been encouraged and uh, um, built up in your faith because, you know, the more you know who God is, the more not you will not just receive uh, the blessing of uh, knowing Him, eternal life, but it will also help you uh, to continue to live for Him. Because even as Daniel said, those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And for our text this morning, <clears throat> I want to read from uh, a very intriguing book, Revelation 15, verses 1 to 4. Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and amazing, seven angels with seven plagues, which are the last, for with them the wrath of God is finished. And I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire, and also those who had conquered the beast and its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. <clears throat> and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. Who will not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. Now, this is a worship service, if you will, going on in heaven. And those saints, God's people who had conquered the beast and its image, were singing two songs. Uh, you know, this might be the lineup of songs, the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb, extolling and praising God for His great deeds and just and true ways. And that's our goal for this morning is to focus and reflect on who God is as a just God. And of course, this text doesn't exhaustively reveal God in His justice. This is just one of many scriptures, but my hope is that through this particular revelation uh, of who God is as a just God, through John, it will help fuel our worship as well. Now, as I said, the, the book of Revelation is a very intriguing book. Um, we see a, a wide array of rich literature that the scriptures are. And this is what's called apocalyptic literature. And the difficulty sometimes for us when we're trying to interpret uh, this particular book, uh, sometimes we get uh, lost in the uh, seeming uh, symbolism or imagery uh, that's there. And apocalyptic simply means a, an unveiling. Uh, apocalypse is a revelation. It's, it's an unveiling of that which was be, has been hidden. And, uh, you know, as I was thinking about this, time doesn't do justice for us to, to study the book of Revelation in 10 to 15 minutes. But I will focus in so that we can glean uh, something from the scriptures that will help us in our faith today. And in order for us to properly interpret 
not just the book of Revelation, but any particular book for that matter, I want to just quote from uh, a well-known uh, Old Testament scholar, Michael Heiser. He said this, the way you, you can understand the Bible is this, the Bible was written for us, but not to us. Let me say that again. The Bible was written for us. In other words, um, you know, to this day, we, we are blessed by the reading of Scripture, but that the biblical authors did not intend uh, to write to us. They, we were not the ones in mind uh, when they were writing this, uh, the scriptures. They were writing to the particular audience that they uh, were addressing at that time. And so if we're going to interpret the scripture we need and apply it in our lives, we need to understand who the original recipients were and the context in which these biblical writers uh, wrote their epistles. And so here we see the Apostle John, again, this goes way back in Revelation 1 and 2, had received a series of visions that revealed Jesus Christ. See, Revelation is not just about uh, what's going to happen in the last days or the end times, but really about who Christ is and His work and His plan. And John was writing this while he was in exile in the island of Patmos. Uh, and he was speaking to the seven churches in Asia uh, as they were encountering persecution and discrimination. Now, to help us understand this, I've, I've, I've listened to uh, some Bible scholars and uh, uh, theologians. Uh, one of them, uh, Dr. Bandy in particular, likened this uh, scene in Revelation 15 uh, to what's called a trial, uh, a trial scene. And it's actually not just Revelation 15, but if you look, you can study this from Revelation 4 to about 16. And uh, where God is in His throne room, which also becomes a courtroom, if you will. And the divine council of God, you can see this in Revelation 4 and 5, the divine council, the 24 elders were there in participation. And the people of God were standing as witnesses in asking God when they will get justice for their, really for their martyrdom. In fact, let me read from uh, Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. We'll look at several scriptures, but you will see the reference to God's justice here. It says in verse 9 of uh, Revelation 6, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witnesses they had borne. Remember, the, the word witness is a, 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 a trial scene, isn't it? When you're in a courtroom, there's a witness giving testimony to what they had seen and heard. And they cried out in a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. See, they were asking for God's justice. Why? Because they had been killed uh, as martyrs for being witnesses for Christ. Then they were given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. So, um, again, the context of this, so he was writing to the churches in the first century uh, who were being persecuted or marginalized, depending on which uh, city they were in, at the time of, uh, you know, of, of uh, the Roman Empire. And uh, we know they were ruthless uh, against followers of Christ. And so, as we re reflect on this particular text, we see that this letter is really both pastoral and prophetic. To encourage them, pastoral in the sense to encourage them to persevere in the midst of trials and marginalization and to prepare for the possibility for the, in the future of facing death for being followers of Christ. So this is really a pretty serious situation that, uh, that the believers were in in the first century. 
And, and you know, the, the, the cry we see here in Revelation 6 was a cry not just for those who would, uh, were being martyred then, but actually we can apply this all throughout the history of God's people who had been both in the Old Testament, both in the New Testament, and even I believe to this very day. Because we know there are people who are not just suffering for their faith, they're being killed for being followers of Christ. And so, as I said, you know, many times when people read the book of Revelation, they think, oh, it's just about future events. And there is certainly, uh, although again, the, the question is to what extent does it speak about the future? Because many times we think, oh, this is speaking about today. No, it, it, spoke, it was primarily addressing the circumstances they had in the first century, but we can see a projection throughout uh, the rest of history, even to the very day that we are in. And so, again, I, I'm, I'm trying to bring context and at the same time application for us to appreciate, okay, what it is that God wants to show us. And we see from the answer of God, His justice is manifested in the wrath that He was going to unleash upon the nations. Uh, and we see the motivation for his, uh, for his justice and His wrath. His righteous acts, His ways, and His name. And we see here, going back to Revelation chapter 15, he says, um, uh, he says this, Great and amazing are your deeds, his acts. The Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of the nations. And so here we're seeing the justice of God being meted out against the enemies of God's people. And I want to show you the extent of... Uh, the suffering that the people of God were going to go through. And again, I'll read a series of scriptures all throughout Revelation. So I'll let the scripture speak for itself and then show you the question about God's just and righteous and true ways. Revelation um, 16 verse 4 to 7 said this. So uh, before I do that, uh, we're seeing here as we reflect on this that the Lord is going to show His wrath because of His righteousness. It's not based on arbitrariness. Uh, his justice is based on who He is as a righteous and a just and a holy God. And that's very important because sometimes when we look at how things are in the world and we see all this calamity, disaster, we see all kinds of evil abounding and we wonder, you know, where is God in all that? Or we wonder, Lord, where is your justice? And God is saying here, my justice is based on my righteousness but in particular, look at what his righteousness is based on. He says, the third, Revelation 16, verse 4, The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel in charge of the water say, Just are you, O Holy One, who is and who was, for you brought these judgments. So he's, uh, he's calling for the justice of God. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have been given, and you have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And I heard the altar saying, "Yes, Lord God Almighty, true and just are your judgment." Okay, so we're seeing in this courtroom scene, you're saying, "Lord, your pronouncements of wrath against all of these uh, ungodliness and wickedness are just." Why? Because they're persecuting and they're murdering the people of God. Revelation 19, verse 1 to 2 says this again. After this, I heard what seemed to be the loud voice of a great multitude in heaven crying out, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for His judgments are true and just. Just like what we read in uh, uh, chapter 15. 
For he has judged the great prostitute who corrupted the earth, speaking of Babylon, who corrupted the earth with her immorality and has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And to me, this is the clincher, Revelation 17, verse 5 to 6. And her, on, on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I greatly marveled. Again, if you see the rep repetition of the wrath of God as justified because of what the Babylonian system has done. It has not only enticed God's people towards corruption and immorality, but she has shed the blood of the saints. And what is staggering, astounding rather, about this thought is this. It is the blood of the saints that brings drunkenness to the Babylonian harlot. Can you imagine that? When God's people are being slaughtered, it's making them intoxicated with this sense of power and might. You know, I can't help but think about all the people that have been martyred for the faith just in the last 20th century. And those who are perpetrators of this injustice and of this great crime, not just against humanity, but against God. He's saying, I'm going to make, I'm going to punish you and I'm going to bring my full wrath for what you have done against my people. See, God's justice is expressed in His great wrath against the Babylonian system for her corruption of the people of God and the murder of God's people all throughout history. And so, uh, there's a lot that I could say, but in our brief time, I want to just bring this to a, a conclusion. See, the book of Revelation is not just about the future, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, yes, they were going to be martyred, the first century saints, many of them. But we know as 2,000 years later, we have the benefit of history, how God's people have suffered and have been given the privilege of martyrdom. You know, it will help us to live. So this is not about future events, but more importantly, how are we to live our lives in light of this promise of God to bring justice against all the unrighteousness that's been done to God's people? And really, that's the value. That's why it's both, Revelation is both prophetic and pastoral for us. Now, the lesson for us is this. Uh, and again, you know, at least in our nation, here in the Philippines, we may not, because I realize this might be going to other uh, countries as well. We're fortunate that we can still live for our faith publicly and not be persecuted. Yes, we may be persecuted in, in various ways, but at least we can worship God freely. We can proclaim the gospel. But, you know, that's not a guarantee, isn't it, for all time? And so the lesson for us is this. However, uh, circumstance, whatever circumstances you find yourself, it's vital for us to hold on to our faith, to keep ourselves pure in the midst of the enticements of the world and of the Babylonian system, and to persevere in the face of persecution for your faith, even in the face of possible death. And you know what? In the end... Not only will God avenge you, but He will turn the tables. Actually, and we didn't read this anymore in the text, but you read the book of Revelation. I hope it, and it stirs you up to read the whole book. You know what's going to happen? The very people who were persecuted, those who were killed, those who were beheaded, 
the tables are going to be turned around and these very people will be the ones to bring judgment against those who unjustly treated them. Let me tell you, God will make things right in the end. So don't ever think that if you've been on the losing end of evil people and ungodliness that's going on, let me tell you, God will have his day for you and for me. And so with that, let's pray. Father, we are grateful that truly you are a just and a righteous God, that your ways are higher than our ways. And when we are, are called to persevere in the midst, yes, not just of the adversity of this world where we're all experiencing, but even beyond that, Lord, the persecutions of people who are only not, not only ignorant of who you are, but are hostile to you and to your people. Father, thank you that we don't need to take vengeance on ourselves, for vengeance is yours. Lord, we are to be faithful to be your witnesses, O God. And thank you that there is a great courtroom in heaven where you will meet out your justice against all those who have persecuted and even killed your people. Thank you. Hallelujah. We worship you, God, for your righteousness and your justice. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. My chains are Heaven's warmth Hallelujah He raised you up Christ our hope Sing hallelujah Hallelujah My chains under
All right. Uh, may God bless you as you go through your day. Remember, the joy of the Lord is our strength. God bless you. You've been listening to the Victory Devotional Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this will help you build a habit of hearing from God every day. If you'd like more messages like these, you can follow us on Spotify or on our Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to watch these messages, you can watch them every weekday morning on our Victory PH Facebook page.